talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Good evening and welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1. It's a tough game for the Dons tomorrow against Inform Livingston and it's goals that Aberdeen have been lacking of late and Matty Kennedy is confident that they will come. We've got um, a lot of attack, attack players in the, in the pitch. He's obviously got me and Johnny Wade grabbing great chances and the gaffer does want um, a lot of attacking players in the park. Um, you've got Scott and Hedging, kind of number 10 rules and it's just um, that final, final shot or whatever's just not coming off at the moment. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. Nil-nil on Wednesday in Perth, Andrew. Very one-sided game in terms of possession, but uh, they really have to start finding the net. Absolutely. Uh, the first half in particular, St. Johnson never got a kick, did they? But um, unfortunately, uh, Xander Clark was almost as quiet as Joe Lewis was. Some really good leading up work from Aberdeen, but just not testing the goalkeeper enough. Yeah, and Joe Lewis at the other end, I, th- I think we've seen this in so many times, uh, so many times over the, the season so far Dave but had a save at the end there he did the same again the week before as well and it is so important to have a goalkeeper albeit we've seen mistakes but on form he's always there to sort of stop those chances Yeah and he hadn't precious little to do before that uh, then Glenn Middleton with the, the shot in his debut that could have been a dream debut for him and a bit of a nightmare for, for Aberdeen but uh, yeah Joe can be called upon he knows that that's the way some games and uh, away from home you don't normally get as in much inactivity, but uh, no, when Joe's called upon 99 times at 100, he comes up trumps. Yeah, it was a weird kind of game, I felt, Andrew, because Aberdeen was so in control, and I felt that St Johnson might bring more to the game, given their, uh, you know, how well they, they did in the in the cup. You thought, that, OK, they'll, they'll be up for this. And it just felt so one-sided. They defended well, to be fair to them, I think, generally. Uh, but again, we, say, we talk about breaking down defences. You have to get the goals because fans, at the end of the day, don't really care if you've had 25 shots on goal. If if you go away with one point, it, it really doesn't matter. No, that, that's the thing. Statistics can tell a very different story to just a scoreline. And it's the scoreline that counts. Uh, one of the problems for Aberdeen just now is we've got nobody that's, that's in a run of, of goal scoring form you look at our top scorer Lewis Ferguson hasn't scored in 11 games Ryan Hedges next top scorer hasn't scored in 6 and Sam Cosgrove who's been the main striker for the last three seasons hasn't scored in his last five games so that, therein lies the problem we don't have anybody who is doing the job that Sam Cosgrove has done in previous seasons that Adam Rooney used to do you know you generally find goal scorers don't go that many games without a goal, but our strikers at the moment are our leading scorers just aren't getting themselves on the score sheet. And, and you know, the, the goals have been shared around reasonably well this season. I mean, we saw last Saturday Tommy Holden scoring an excellent header, and then Andy Considine with his first goal of the season. Uh, the two centre backs, or two of the three centre backs, getting on the score sheet. But you want to see your attacking players at least working the goalkeeper. And I felt that was one of the the problems on, on Wednesday that uh, apart from a Cosgrove header that was straight at him, Xander Clark really didn't have too many shots to save first half second half, a good tip over from Matty Kennedy, but again you know, you, you, you're racking your brains and thinking what other clear-cut openings did we, did we create there was a, a wee half chance that I think Cosgrove had a shot that was blocked behind for a corner but 
you wouldn't mind quite so much a nothing each if the opposition goalkeeper has played absolutely out of his skin. But on Wednesday, the opposition goalkeeper didn't have nearly enough to do. Yeah, well, we are going to come on to Sam Cosgrove. There's been some developments over the last day or so on his future. But before that, good news for the Dons this week with Conor McLennan signing on until the summer of 2023. And he's happy to extend his stay at Pataudry. Obviously, I spoke to the gaffer and that's, that's the plan for me. Uh, I've been here a long time now and learning my trade and um, now will be a good time to kick on and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. He's 21 now, Dave. He's a player that we know is certainly capable of getting goals. He's a forward. It's, is he potentially long-term a solution? He potentially is because we, we've seen it to maybe just a wee bit lack of consistency that's required with, but that's the same. You can see that for for most wide players and uh, no, Connor, um, is uh, he's developed. Um, Andrew and I have Watched him over the seasons. He, he got his first team debut. I believe it was at St Johnston, was it? Was, it? A, few, yeah. a few seasons ago. Uh, very, very good attitude. Good player, and on his day, a match winner. I mean, we I remember the the goal in the Youth Cup final against Hibs. That's three, right. Three seasons ago, maybe four seasons ago. Absolute quality goal. Not enough for us to win, unfortunately. But uh, no, he's a good player, and that's a good piece of business. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about Sam Cosgrove a little later, but now our attention turns to the game tomorrow and it's a big one for the Dons because it's against a very very informed Livingston side Andrew and well we've got two games two games Livingston-Aberdeen over the course of the next few days twice uh, both home and away it's a difficult challenge at the best of times but given that they're in form right now given the lack of goals is this, a, is this a sticky couple of games for Aberdeen? Well, it's game number 13 for David uh, Martindale in charge of Livingston. Surely the bubble has got to burst <laughs> at some point because he's, it's created, incredible. Uh, he's created a bit of Scottish football history. Uh, only Martin O'Neill with 12 wins out of 12. Bill Struth of Rangers in 1920 with 11 wins and a draw. And Davy Shaw at Aberdeen in 1955, 11 wins and a draw, have better records over their first 12 games in the history of Scottish football it's an astonishing record that he's got and you know there's no way that the SFA could turn around and say he's not a fit and proper person yeah. to be a manager of a football club uh, because you know he's he's had his problems he's held his hand up he's served his time uh, he's rehabilitated and you know I think the the football community have rallied behind him and, and he's, he's football com- Community, you know, he said backing from business and yeah, politicians, I'm... and uh, you know, it would have been a, a very unwise move. Well, of the, the, proof, the proof is in the doing of the thing as well, isn't it? And he's done that. He's shown not just in terms of his management, but also in terms of winning games. And you've got a squad of players, not just one. We, we saw that against Celtic when they played several of the other players, Andrew, that, that maybe haven't been starting. That he's got a squad of players that really want to play for him. That's absolutely it. I'm, I was just going to say, you know, they've, they've got, you know, whereas you sometimes see. A group of players, 11, maybe 13 players, have all done really well. But it's the squad strength at Livingston now is very, very good. And, I mean, he took Gavin Riley in to play up front against uh, Kilmarnock in midweek. Scott Robinson, who's his second top scorer, was on the bench. Uh, that just shows the, what they've got there. And the fact that that game went so deep before Livingston scored, and then they got a second one immediately afterwards, shows A... The togetherness of the squad, the fitness of the squad, the desire of the squad, and that's all the things that Aberdeen have got to overcome tomorrow. But 
the Dons have got a great record against Livingston, particularly down there. And I was looking at Livingston's home record this season. They've lost five times. They've lost to St Mirren. That was the last game that they didn't win. Uh, or uh, the, the game that I think... It was after that that uh, Gary Holt decided to walk away from the job. They've lost to St Nern, they've lost to Hibs, they've lost to Hamilton, they've lost to Kilmarnock, they've lost to Motherwell. So they're not invincible in their home patch. But David Martindale has somehow made them virtually invincible with these 10 wins and two draws in their last dozen games. They're in a cup final. But I was, again, looking at the stats... The Aberdeen squad, not one single player in the Aberdeen squad has been on a losing side against against Livingston while playing for Aberdeen. That's astonishing. So there's things like that that you can throw into the mix and say that tells you that Aberdeen won't lose the game. But out on the park, they've got to win the battles first, the individual battles, and then keep it going for the full 90, 95 minutes, however long it goes, if they're to get anything. Yeah, and Dave, Livingston will look at this and look at the league table. And we're in a position where we're so used to Aberdeen and Hibs being the two teams that are kind of in third position, fourth position, Celtic even potentially, uh, just not that far away in, in second. But now you're looking at it, and Livingston will look at this, they'll go, well, we've got two games against Aberdeen over the course of a few days. If we were to win those two games, suddenly we're right in the mix. They are right in the mix. They're only five points behind Hibs with a game in hand over the Edinburgh side. And I think it, it's uh, been... An amazing story this season, particularly when they lost. The, they are a squad, but they had their star man, Lyndon Dykes. When he went to Queen's Park Rangers, I think everybody expected oh, they're really going to struggle. Quite the opposite. And uh, David Martindale deserves all credit, but as Andrew said, the bubble has to burst at some point tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like the addition of tomorrow. OK, let's get the thoughts now of our fan reporter, Graham Watt, on tomorrow's match. Yeah, Mike, I think this is a very important game for Aberdeen tomorrow. Every game is important, but you know Livingston are flying at the moment. Um, they'll they'll they're chasing ourselves and Hibs. They they'll want that third spot. Um, they're in great form, made a cup final, you know. So their tails are up. Um, Aberdeen we're struggling for goals at the moment. I I, I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Um, someone needs to step up, be it Cosgrove, Main. Or Anderson on the on the bench, even now and again, you know, give him a run, he's sitting on the bench doing nothing, put him up top, see what he can do. Scored for fun before there, you know what I mean? Um it's just it, it's every Aberdeen fan I think at the moment is just worried about scoring goals. Um you know it's alright keeping clean sheets, but you need to put the ball on the net at the other end as well. Um sooner or later, a point's a point, but we really need do need wins, Mike, so um I, I, I want to say an Aberdeen win tomorrow, but I, I'm not sure. Um, I can see another nil-nil, or uh, you know, it's just it's an awkward one, Mike. I, maybe that speaks volumes for the you know the, the confidence that's running through the, the fans at the moment because I really don't see us beating Livingston tomorrow. If I'm being honest, um, I wish I could say I, I feel confident, but I don't. Um, I think if we you know can keep keep the ball at our net, but. Um, I just don't know where the goals are coming from, Mike. So I'm, I'm going to say nil-nil, and that's that's as as confident as I can be. Yeah, I mean, it's not often, in fact, I don't think we've ever had it where Graham has uh, gone for That's anything other true. than a yeah. Don's win. And um, it is, I mean, you can understand, Dave, from the fans' point of view, it's 
at that stage where it, it does feel like there's been a few occasions recently where that goal hasn't come and, and you can see that Aberdeen are set up very well they play very well They've got, there's a lot of attacking football there's a lot of flair there you can see that that's happening it's just the goals they really need to get more goals Yeah, absolutely I think nobody's arguing that's where the, the current problem lies and uh, Curtis Main, of course misses out tomorrow so Sam Cosgrove uh, as far as we know will we'll be, we'll be there but uh, if Sam does go down south, uh, until Curtis is back, we're, we've only really got young Bruce Anderson, who maybe this is the time to give him a, an extended run in the side, because it's always been very difficult for young Bruce, as it is for any player who's coming in and playing a, a bit part without any consistency. But uh, yeah, that it's just as well that other players are chipping in with the goals, because otherwise... And, and the, now McGinn pl- up front, I mean, he, he did play up front... Uh, fairly regularly earlier in his Aberdeen his first uh, spell at the Dons and uh, it may be maybe a shout because yeah. uh, you know and again so but you know Sam probably just needs a goal to kick on but uh, we've been saying that for a few few games now yeah and we will uh, we will be finding out soon enough whether he will be kicking on in a, a red shirt or not uh, we'll talk more about that and the potential of a Birmingham move which has been talked about a lot over the last day or so um, yeah Andrew Bruce Anderson mentioned there but another thing which I think is is particularly important from an Aberdeen perspective you look at Rangers at the top and you see goals coming from every part of the of the of the team every every player is chipping in with goals Celtic were like that last season as well and when you don't have a goal scorer or somebody that's you know banging in 20 goals a season that is what you're looking for you're looking for those goals to come and it was happening and you mentioned Lewis Ferguson who obviously scored plenty from the penalty spot but he is a player that that can get on the end of uh, of a a pass and and can find the the net but you are now looking for them as a squad and I guess Derek McInnes will be looking at this in massive amounts of depth that it's not just about the strikers it's about everybody collectively taking the responsibility having a go having a shot like Matty Kennedy did the other night and trying to find the net yeah um, you can't just rely on one player to score goals and that's obvious uh, you know I think we've had 14 different goal scorers this season Livingston have had 20 different goal scorers <laughs> um, and uh, I think if we're to play McGinn up front or Bruce Anderson up front, we've got to change the way that we play because you don't have a physical presence up front and you're going to be up against uh, probably John Guthrie and Jack Fitzwater who are both big guys at the back for Livingston Livingston can play both ways, they can play route one um, just hitting it long and uh, you know just throwing bodies into the box for set pieces and things like that, but they can also get the ball down the deck and pass it around a bit Um, they've got good players like of Jason Holt, Josh Mullen, Scott Pittman, Alan Forrest, um, who's their top scorer, Um, Scott Robinson, who I mentioned earlier on. Uh, They've got decent players, so it'll depend on on which way the the game pans out, but uh, I think you're looking for more possibly from Johnny Hayes at the moment. I think Matty Kennedy's been outstanding the last two, three games that I've seen him playing. Uh, he, he, he had Stephen O'Donnell and Toast. That's the Scotland fullback. And Stephen O'Donnell just could not get forward for Motherwell last week because he had to do so much defending against Matty Kennedy. And Kennedy ran him... Uh, not quite ragged, but gave him as tough a game as he's probably had in recent weeks. But you're needing Ryan Hedges, for example, who 
is critical of himself. He said, you know, I think he said after the game, I could have been out there myself uh, and I still wouldn't have hit the target the way I was going. Uh, but he's capable of, of, you know, producing goals. Um, I think it's just a collective thing. We just need everybody to be that few percentages further up the, uh, the table in, in terms of being... <sighs> It's not so much being careful, but being accurate with A, passing, B, crossing, C, finishing. Yeah. Sounds easy. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, as, as Dave said, if you can get one from out of Sam Cosgrove, we've seen in the past, he's a streak goal scorer. You can get one, you'll get another one coming along quickly after it. And there are other players who are a bit like that. Hedges, Ferguson, um, Bruce Anderson's been like that as well. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I can see where Graham's coming from, saying he can he can see a nothing each. I hope he's wrong. He was right with his scoreline last week when he said it was going to be 2-0 against Motherwell. I hope he's wrong this week. On the way, we are going to talk about Sam Cosgrove in more depth because he has been dominating the news today with his potential move to Birmingham City. He is in talks with the Championship Club. We're going to talk about that, plus that Scott Wright pre-contract agreement. It's been what people have been talking about this week, and we'll chat about that too next. North Sound 1, Red Friday. It's been pretty much dominating my social media feed over the last week, Andrew, and there are fairly polarised opinions. I thought he played very well, actually, on Wednesday. I think that particularly in the first half, I thought he was a standout. And um, even that was because that was mentioned by a few people and other people sort of felt quite upset that people were mentioning that he had a good game. And I, I think it is a tricky situation. I can understand why some Aberdeen fans hate the idea of a player that's going to Rangers wearing a red shirt while he's still an Aberdeen player. But he is a player that has so much ability and there's still a long way to go in this season. Absolutely. And you don't cut your nose off to spite your face by leaving one of your best players uh, sitting in the stand because unless until such time as Rangers put in a, an offer that is acceptable to Aberdeen, Scott Wright will remain an Aberdeen player. And you saw on Wednesday night that his commitment is 100% to Aberdeen Football Club. He's a professional football player. Aberdeen Football Club plays, pay his wages, and so he goes about his work for his employer. And to be honest, it doesn't matter where he's going. Um, the manager has made it quite clear, uh, made it pointedly clear over the last week or so. He sees the players in action, in the training, every day. Now, Derek McInnes has been a manager for a long, long time, nearly 600 games. Do the, the fans seriously think that he's going to allow somebody to pull the wool over his eyes and then be selected for his team and then go out and not try? Don't be daft. Of course, he's, he sees what Scott Wright is like. We know what Scott Wright is like. And, you know, he, he gives his all when he's out there on the pitch. Sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. You name me a football player for whom it... Everything comes off 100% of the time and I'll show you somebody that's lying or is playing FIFA. That's the only <laughs> way that you're going to get that happening. So, um, as I say, he's one of our best players. You play him while he's an Aberdeen player. Dave, the fans, the way they look at it, any other club, I don't think this would even be talked about right now. He's out of contract in the summer. He's made his decision. But it's Rangers. Yeah, but Scott's been... I mean, personally, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I think... If I was his agent, I'd be telling him to get another season at Pataudry under his belt get, because this is the first 
uh, campaign that he has been a regular first choice for for the first team. Uh, but he's made his, his decision. He is a very very good player, uh, but because it's Rangers, but he's come out front and he's he's been up front about everything. And as Andrew says, professional. The manager knows his players inside out. You know, and used the example of Graham Shinney had signed a contract pre-contract for Aberdeen when he was lifting the cup for a Scottish Cup for Inverness when all the, the Cali fans knew he was going to be an, an Aberdeen player the following season but because it's Rangers it's treated differently but uh, you know the, Scott will give 100% for Aberdeen uh, and he's having his best season it was well, the first season when he's been a, a first choice uh, for, for Derek but so I, I'm very much in the camp that uh, you know Unless Rangers, if Rangers are desperate for him, then they have to cough up proper market value because he's still got half a season's contract to run. Yeah, we're getting close to the point where they have to make a decision on that and it isn't obviously just down to Rangers saying that. It does come to the point of figuring out a deal that's good for both Aberdeen and Rangers. Uh, Do you see it happening over the next couple of days, Andrew? Um, I think it's increasingly unlikely to happen because I think uh, if Rangers really wanted him, as much as some would have you believe, then they, they would have put in their pitch already. Uh, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but the manager has said that there's been no contact and you have to go with what he says. And if Rangers haven't made any contact, it, to me suggests that they're prepared to wait until the summer to get the player for nothing. They have a big squad at, at Ibrox. There's probably plenty of bodies that they'd like to get off their payroll. But, you know... Is it in Aberdeen's interest to take on somebody who maybe isn't, well, for a kickoff, won't have played very much football? Because there's there's no other football than first team football just now. So you could be a squad player at Ibrox, at Pataudry, um, anywhere. And if you're not playing on Saturday, well, you're not playing any other time. All you're doing is training. And nobody's going to take on a player at this stage in the season to replace a first choice, someone who doesn't have much practice under their belt yeah well another player that is heading away from Pataudry is Funzi 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 who's going on loan to Wigan for the rest of the season Dave he's a he's a player that we all know has ability he's kind of been in and out this season he has managed 13 games though and it, it just appears that maybe this is the right time for him to go and, and try try things again down south yeah he, he wants to play more football and you can understand that, that given, given his job and uh, he's been a, a victim of Ross McCrory's uh, form since his arrival and uh, Dean Campbell as well. You know, if Lewis or Ross have been out that middle of the park position, normally it's been Dean that, that's come in and done a very, very good job. But uh, yeah, Funso, I think we probably expected more of him because he's, he's a quality player. Mm. Um, but he just wants to play football and I think it's probably best for all parties that he plays out the rest of the season down south and... Mm. Uh, Good luck to him. Yeah, he's, he's 29, Andrew, as well. So he's at that point in his career where you really want to be playing first-team football. Absolutely. You, you want minutes every week. And if he's not getting it at Pataudry and Wigan are prepared to give him that, uh, it, it makes sense for, for all parties, really. Uh, I think it was possibly a shop window job, uh, Funso's appearance against Motherwell. But to be fair to him, he, he gave the, the same commitment as he's always given to, to the club. Uh, made a very, very important important block in the first half the one that uh, Motherwell said should have been a penalty and I think Neil McCann claimed that uh, he made an even better save than Joe Lewis could have made uh, but um, 
No, if we, we wish him well And yeah, at, at this stage in his career He wants to be playing football rather than sitting on the bench Yeah, well there's, it is that time of year Where we do hear lots of potential stories Of players coming and going Because we are reaching the end of January Very, very soon And striker Sam Cosgrove Well, he's in talks with English Championship Club Birmingham City and boss Derek McInnes well, he's looking at the positives. Sam was to go you know, for us to pay 30 grand to Carlisle for him. And if there's a potential to bring in millions of pounds from him, then that's got to be seen as a, a good deal. The problem it does leave is clearly we're only two or three days of the window to go. We need to have a good couple of days if Sam was to leave. If the money's right, it'll, it'll happen. Um, and indications are it could be a deal to be done. But uh, like I say, discussions moved on quite quickly last night and we'll see where we pick up on that today. Well, let's get the thoughts now of our fan reporter, Graham Watt. Yeah, Mike, we're hearing there today that, you know, Birmingham have apparently offered £2 million for Sam Cosgrove. Obviously, just rumours at this, this stage, but if that's the case, I... I I think I would take that if I was Aberdeen, you know. Two million pounds, I think we paid, what, 20, 20 grand for Cosgrove. It's a hell of a profit. He's not in great form at the minute, if we're all being honest. So I think Aberdeen would be silly enough to take that. Obviously, Ojo's left as well. Um, Scott Wright's leaving at the end of the season. So I think it's going to be a really a, a rebuilding job again for Derek. You know, I, I can see, you know, Niall McGinn moving on. Possibly Shea Logan, you know, these guys are just sitting on the bench at the moment. So... These guys won't want to sit around on the bench, you know, they're getting to that later stage in their career. They'll be wanting to play as much as they can. And if they're not getting games at Aberdeen, they'll want to move on. So I think Derek will have another rebuilding job um, at the end of the season. Will we get anybody in, in January? I, I don't think so. Derek's obviously said no. Um, but, you know, Mike, it's, it's tough times at the moment. Um, we'll just see where we go. Yeah, rebuilding is not something that Derek McInnes is not used to, Davey. He does it on a regular Almost basis. on a seasonal basis. Yeah, so. so it wouldn't be a huge surprise if there is an element of rebuilding. But Sam Cosgrove, this potential move to Birmingham City, uh, when you look at it on paper, from a financial point of view, it's it's a great move from the Don's perspective. Yeah, it's uh, a no-brainer, I would have thought, in terms of, uh, as Graham mentioned, uh, a, the, the, the profit and also the what, what Sam has contributed over the last few seasons but there's no doubt as we've talked about earlier he's having problems finding the net just at the moment and uh, you know when that, that may finish hopefully it's, it's tomorrow afternoon but <laughs> uh, yeah I think it's a, a great deal for uh, a great deal for Sam uh, back down to um, back down south where he's from a great deal for Aberdeen and Fingers crossed, a great deal for Birmingham if it happens. Yeah, there's not a club in Scotland that doesn't look to pick up players for cheap or develop them and then sell them on when they reach the profitable age and point in their career. I mean, Scott McKenna's a good example of that. We see it at Celtic, we see it at Rangers, we see it at clubs like Hamilton. And I think it's no different for Aberdeen. Absolutely not. I mean, uh, if you can buy a player for 30 grand, as Derek said, and... and turn that into uh, a £1.97 million pound profit uh, it's not bad. I mean Sam's been excellent for Aberdeen most of the time uh, the two seasons just gone past in particular 47 goals and 85 games for Aberdeen, 85 starts and you know there's, there's not many strikers 
north or south of the border that have got a scoring ratio like that. Yeah, he's he's been off the boil this season, but as I said earlier, he's a streak goal scorer. Once he gets one, all of a sudden you get a rush of goals from from Sam Cosgrove, and it just takes that that one to to fly in, whether it goes via deflection or a sclaffed in, and the, you've sent the goalie the wrong way because he's expecting a, a decent hit. Uh, it it doesn't really matter. We'd love to see it come tomorrow. Yeah, and confidence. It is all about that for strikers, no matter I think where they're playing or, or, or who they play for. And I think Sam Cosgrove is no different, Dave. No, he's no different at all. Um, and as, as Andrew said, once they get one, I, I mean, I thought the goal that he got against Hibs mm. a couple of months ago, which was an excellent uh, finish, I thought that was going to be the catalyst for Sam back uh, scoring with the regularity but uh, that didn't that didn't happen but yeah it's all about confidence and uh, Sam is a very confident uh, player you know he's when he takes a penalty he knows he's going to score he said yeah. that himself you know he, he doesn't have any nerves or anything about it. he knows he's going to get that ball past the keeper yeah a confidence is definitely something you need if you want to score goals we are back in a minute we're going to be finding out if uh, last week Catherine managed to beat Dave on Beat the Pundit and we've got a brand new Don's fan up against Dave in just a minute to talk dogs. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday and it's Aberdeen away to Livingston tomorrow and last week on Beat the Pundit it was Don's fan Catherine Andrew who was up against Dave How did Catherine get on? She managed to get a draw with Dave or should I say Dave managed to get a draw with Catherine (laughs) Despite the fact that uh, Catherine went for a Ross County win over Rangers last week as well Absolutely, so that was like (laughs) forget about that game but um, no, 3-3 it finished up our little private battle. Oh, well, how's that going? Um, oh. Well, you got five, so you now lead the table. Really? Yes. First time this season. And I'm I the got... Livingston of the of the. Well, not quite. They're not quite leading the table, but you get the point. I've come from nowhere. Uh, well, I'm <laughs> Hamilton Aki's at the moment. <laughs> I got four, um, which is better than Dave and Catherine, but still trailing. But uh, long way to go this season. Yes, absolutely, hope. long way to go. Let's find out how our fan gets on this week. It's Joseph, the happy barber, and Don's fan with Graham. Yes, Mike, taking on Dave tonight is Don's fan, Joseph. Joseph, first up, Saturday's games, Celtic versus St Mirren. Your score predictions for that one? I would love St Mirren to win, but I think probably 3-1 Celtic. hate saying that, but I think that'll be the score, 3-1 Celtic. Dundee United against Hibs. I think Hibernian 2-0, playing good football. I was unlucky against Rangers, I thought it was a better team at all. should have been sent off. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Hibs will win that one 2-0. Kilmarnock versus St Johnston. St Johnston just, I think. 2-1. 2-1 St Johnston. And the big one, Livingston against Aberdeen. Your score predictions for this one? Um, Aberdeen scored against Livingston. <laughs> Hard game. Um, I do think Aberdeen will win just. They're going to have to play a bit better than they played against St Johnston. They're going to have to put, start putting the goals away. I think Livingston will score, so I'll go 2-1. I'll go 2-1 Aberdeen. Also on Saturday in the Scottish Championship, Hearts take on Dunfermline. Your score predictions for this one? 3 0 Hearts. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go 3 0 Hearts. And finally, Wraith Rovers against Dundee. Your score predictions for that one? 2 all. 2 all. 
Wraith Rovers and Dundee. Right then, Dave, let's get your predictions. We're going to start in the Premiership with Celtic against St Mirren. 2 0 to Celtic. Do, do United host Hibs? United 1, High Bees 2. St Johnston are away to Kilmarnock. 1 apiece. And then we have the big one it's Livingston against Aberdeen. 1 0. We'll take anything. <laughs> Aberdeen, I assume. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, Hearts, uh, Dunfermline in the Championship. 2 0 to Hearts. And then Wraith Rovers, they host Dundee. Yeah, um, like Joseph, I think it'll be a draw, but I'm going for 1 1. Okay, uh, Andrew, starting on the Premiership games there that we have outside of the Dons one, Celtic, well, it's it seems, I mean, they got the win there uh, in midweek. Uh, not necessarily the most overwhelming of win- wins, but they got it. And they're at home, which is always uh, an advantage. And against St Mirren, though, who, you know, we've seen a slight dip in their form recently, but still. You know, we've seen a, a huge improvement over the last couple of months from the start of the season. Absolutely, and showed good resilience, I think, to bounce back from the disappointment of their League Cup semi-final defeat to Livingston by absolutely battering a very poor Dundee United side 5-1 mm-hmm. at Tannadice. I think it'll be a, a tough game for, for Celtic because there's, there's still things wrong uh, at Celtic Park uh, they've, they've, obviously Peter Lawwell has announced that he's retiring at the end of the season uh, and they've got a new CEO lined up um, from the SRU, so a rugby guy in, so one would assume that he's a financial guy as opposed to a football guy um, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see St Mirren go there and get a share of the spoils against Celtic mm. because they're just not firing in all cylinders, uh, the green and white machine. Yeah, just uh, just on Celtic, I just want to just briefly touch on the kind of whole Neil Lennon thing because we've heard so much about it. It's kind of calmed down again, which often happens after a win, but all sorts of names being spoken about at the end of the season. Is it, obviously Neil Lennon isn't going anywhere of his own accord. I think that's very clear. Is it, a situation where it's almost getting to the point where it's it's disrespectful to Neil Lennon from a Celtic point of view to continue with him in that role if they're not happy and if they are already looking elsewhere shouldn't they just get it done and over and done with or are they just thinking well you know what end of the season financially it makes more sense to keep up Possibly that. Uh, I think, you know, the, the further we go into the season the, the less and less likely are they to claw anything back on Rangers and Maybe they're, they're just thinking, well, let's just let it run to the end of the season. There's no point in bringing in a new manager just now um, because probably he's he's going to have a lot of ideas in his mind about how he's going to change the squad. Um, so you're not going to do it now. Um, you could appoint a new manager tonight. He's got two days to, to change things around. That's not going to happen. No. Um, but you know Neil Lennon's been a lucky guy I think um, he's he arrived at Celtic when Brendan Rodgers left they were on the cusp of winning things yes you have to get them across the line but since then things haven't gone very well for mm. Celtic so uh, he, he will move on I'm sure at the end of the season uh, who's going to take over I don't know the, maybe the new guy's got ideas Um Dermot Desmond, I'm sure, will have his thoughts on who should take over. But yeah. as I say, all is not well at, at Celtic at the moment. And that's why I'm, I'm thinking St Mirren might get something out of their game tomorrow. Yeah, well, it's quite possible. What about Dungeon United hips? Because you, you mentioned Dungeon United there, leaking goals, not looking fantastic uh, just recently, but <laughs> Hibs there. Um, you know, Again, with Hibs, it's, it's been up and down. I mean, that, that semi-final, obviously, I think took a lot of people by surprise, the, the lack of a performance. Um, 
But uh, you would expect them to go and get the points, surely? I would think so. Um, Dundee United... They seem to concede a lot of goals apart from when they play against Aberdeen. Um, a lot of people say, well, that's just Aberdeen, isn't it? They can't score against anybody. But uh, uh, Hibs, they've been inconsistent. There's no getting away from it. But I, I do fancy them to win. I'm slightly surprised that Darren McGregor's going to be allowed to play because when I saw that Morelos was getting the ret- retrospective mm. red card, I thought McGregor could suffer the same consequence. But obviously the powers that be have decided that because Kevin Clancy booked him for his clash with Glenn Kamara, mm. that was enough. Um, yeah. But I, I'm going to go hips to win back up the goals at Tannadice tomorrow. Okay, and then looking at the championship briefly, you've got Hearts there who uh, very up and down again. Uh, we saw that big defeat just the other week. They, they bounced back on that uh, in the game after, but they've got Dunfermline tomorrow. And again, you would expect Hearts to win, but it's the championship you just don't know sometimes this season. Hearts and Dundee, actually, I would say. Yeah, uh, Dundee more than Hearts. I think um, Hearts had that blip against Wraith Rovers, bounced back well with the 4-0 win in midweek. Dunfermline have drawn an awful lot of games. I think that's the best they can hope for at Tannadice. Wraith Rovers will fancy their chances against a Dundee side who, despite having made a, a couple of signings in midweek, Jason Cummings... Mm. <laughs> Dave was just saying to me um, off air, it's incredible, he's only 25 he's packed a lot of controversy into his 25 years Um, if he he fires it's a great signing but he's so hit or a miss you just don't know what you're going to get from him I think the only thing is that his manager his new manager is a former teammate which, so presumably he must know something more about Jason Cummings to, to make what is I think seen by most people as a gamble. Yeah, it is a bit of a gamble, but um, Wraith Rovers, uh, I think home advantage might just count for them. Of course, Ethan Ross no longer now at Wraith Rovers. He's been recalled by Aberdeen, so he could be featuring against uh, Livingston at some point tomorrow. Yeah, another uh, player there back into the Don squad, and you can see Derek McInnes looking at the situation. He's got some players leaving, some players going out on loan, and he's looking at that, and, and I guess Ethan Ross has done enough to show Derek McInnes that he could be part of the squad going forward. Well, the, the squad could be stretched a, a wee bit because it's obvious that there's no funds at the moment and and uh, to, to augment the squad, although mm. if Sam Cosgrove goes to Birmingham, I wouldn't, I would think it would be un, uh, very unsurprising if we don't sign a striker of some description. Yeah. But uh, no, Ethan, uh, delighted for him. Uh, he's a really good player, good prospect. And, uh, you know, same with uh, Bruce Anderson being recalled, Miko Verton being recalled, getting his debut against Motherwell, mm-hmm. coming on yep. as sub last week, which was great. Well done to Miko. And Ethan, another product of the academy who, who could go on to better things and I'm sure has really developed uh, under his time uh, down at Kirkcaldy. Uh, yeah, it's another I, attacking option yeah. uh, mm. for, from the bench tomorrow, I think, if, particularly if, if Sam's not 100%. And that place is focused. up for grabs. Uh, you it look is. at it and you think even if Sam Cosgrove does stick around, he's not scoring at the moment. So you, if you're a player on the fringes, you've just come back into the fold, you're looking at that and going, I know I can score goals. Like most strikers, you mentioned confidence, that's how most of them will look at it. Yeah, um, and it's it's a great opportunity. Uh, as Dave said, you know, Miko Vertonen comes back from uh, Arbroath, made his debut. By the way, happy birthday, Ethan. Uh, uh, Miko, sorry. Um, it's his birthday, 21st today, 22nd actually today. Um, but the uh, yeah, he was absolutely buzzing at the end of that game. Uh, he was straight in the phone saying, 
Do you know if any of you have been taking any pictures? Where can I get pictures? <laughs> as, football, as football players do. Well, he's living um, the dream of so indeed, many fans. Indeed. Um, but Ethan, you know, he's, he's done well at Wraith Rovers. He's, he's been on the bench the last few games. Uh, so, uh, but... Yeah, it'll have, it'll have built him up, no question at all about that, because we saw him playing against, was it Air United in a Friday night game? It was mm-hmm. a pretty dire game, but um, mm-hmm. you, you could see that he, he's bulked up a wee bit, he's, he's playing against men as opposed to yeah. when you're playing in the reserves of the under-18s, you're playing against you know your own age group, basically. Yeah. Uh, so he'll he'll be back, and he's he's got ability, there's no question at all about that. He could become the next Scott Wright. Is that mm-hmm. is that type of player? Oh, you heard it here first. We've, we've got we've got it. We've got the soundbite. We've got it recorded. Uh, Dave, just back to the next couple of games because we are looking at two very difficult games. Home and away, Livingston uh, on this incredible run. As Andrew said, that bubble has to burst at some point. And with all respect to Livingston, it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. But obviously. You, you're looking at it tomorrow and you're thinking could this be unlucky 13 for Livingston? Well, you're looking at it and hoping, it's, as everybody has said this evening, it's going to be very very tough, they're playing with so much confidence, but if we can sneak a win tomorrow, gives us a wee lift for the game at home on Tuesday we've already beaten them at Pataudry earlier in the season, so... Uh, yeah, I hope it does. But well, I mean, it's still take nothing away from uh, David Martindale and his squad. Uh, they've uh, worked absolute wonders. Yeah, and well, we, let's just hope that the game goes ahead. Well, there is that. Yes, yes. I mean, that is the first thing. Uh, just on that, Andrew, we are we are in this weird position. Weird position where we're looking at a double header against Livingston as being a real pivotal moment of the season. And who would have thought that two months ago? Well, nobody would have thought that Livingston would be in the position that they're in. And they, you know, as Dave said, it's all credit to the squad and in particular to David Martindale but if Aberdeen can win both these games what a fill up that is for the Dons going into their next into February which is a really busy month yeah. because we've, we've now had confirmation that the the Kilmarnock game that was scheduled for April is now going to be played on the 20th of February so uh, all of a sudden there's a lot of points to be garnered over the month of February and the more we can get the better uh, Prediction tomorrow Andrew? 1-0 Aberdeen OK OK what did you say again I Dave? said 1-0 Aberdeen one nil. Okay, well, Horrible was... game but any sort of winner will do <laughs> uh, Yes it is a huge game as it always is for tomorrow for the Dons we will be here right uh, from 2 o'clock on North Sound 1 Rhett Saturday myself and Cheryl will keep you up to date with everything that happens in that one all the build up before 3 as well it's Livingston against Aberdeen and we'll be back in a week's time for Red Friday <laughs> It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday.